Hello, everyone, and welcome to MP Critical, the podcast for the HP Critical website. My name is Jarrell, and I'm here with Marissa, our resident Xbox expert, to talk all things Xbox. Um, recently, we just discovered that there's a rumor going around about a discless Xbox One. Um, so today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what we predict for the E3 conference coming up, especially without Sony being there, and what we think the future for Microsoft will look like. So let, let's start with talking about what it is first. So the rumor is, and it is a rumor, none of it's confirmed. It's not like, oh my God, breaking news. Um, but the rumor is that Xbox is going to be creating a new piece of hardware similar to their Xbox One S is what I've been seeing a lot. Um, it's going to be lower in cost because they removed the disk drive. So it's going to be around a $200 price point with that disk drive removed. Um, that opens it up for you know people who were kind of on the fence and didn't want to spend money on getting an actual like Xbox One S or you know upgrading even further to the X. Um, it just kind of gives another like affordable option for people. So that way, if they wanted an Xbox, but weren't sure that they were going to get it, you know, now you've got a much better price point to kind of contend with and be like, you know what? Yeah, I'll go ahead and spring for that purchase. Yeah, it's a very good entry point into Xbox if you don't have one, I think. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but of course, you know, we recently did our digital, digital versus physical podcast. And I obviously have yes. take some <laughs> issue with all digital consoles. Um, so th- th- before I go into what I think about it, what do you think about it? Um, I'm kind of split in the middle. Um, at first, when I had just heard the rumor and I didn't know like price points or anything like that, I was like, seriously, another Xbox One S type model? Like, shouldn't we be focusing on the X at this point? Shouldn't we be focusing on next gen? Like, I don't understand why we keep going back. But now, um, you know, that I have read over that a little bit more, I was like, okay, that does make more sense. Because especially, you know, Nintendo Switches have been selling a lot, PlayStation 4s have been selling a lot. You know, so I think that this does kind of open it up to, hey, why not either complete your family of consoles or add Xbox if you don't have one already. Um, I think as someone who, you know, I bought the Xbox One when it first came out, and then I did upgrade to the S. Um, You know, like, I don't want to spend money on another Xbox console at this point. But, um, you know, I realize I'm not the target audience. I'm already a part of the family. I already have um, their system. So it's not necessarily that it's dedicated to someone like me who's already purchased it, you know, this is really to draw new people. Um, I do think, though, it's a little bit interesting that that's how they're trying to cut the cost. Just because I know personally, like, my consoles have replaced DVD and Blu-ray players. Um, They've replaced, you know, anything else that I might use for streaming services because I can just do it on my console. Exactly. Um, You know, and I mean... Yeah, the streaming services won't be affected or anything like that, but you are immediately impacted if you do have a big DVD collection, if you play your CDs on them still. Um, You know, I realize that we are headed towards a more digital world, but I don't know if we're ready to quite commit to it fully. Um, You know, so it is, it's interesting. I think that there's people who are totally 100% ready for a discless future for many different reasons. And then I do think that there's some people that maybe this isn't going to be what swings them over to Xbox. Um, so yeah, uh, with the with so many iterations of the Xbox One, I was literally the same way thinking, why is it that we need another Xbox uh, iteration? Uh, but then I started hearing that it was discless, and I was like, okay, well, I am really concerned about that. Um, but I also think it's really interesting to see that Xbox is thinking so forward that they think a discless uh, console is something that will sell well. Um, so I, I think a part of it is them seeing how well this will sell, um, who purchases it. Um, and like you said, I mean, it's, I, I can't imagine anyone who already has an Xbox um, buying one of these, unless they're going to give away their Xbox or sell their old Xbox, depending on the, the form factor of this thing. If it's smaller, 
um, then possibly mm-hmm. they'll be able to replace their old, bigger, bulkier one uh, for this new one. Otherwise, I, I, I honestly can't think of any other reason anyone would switch um, if they already have one. But I do think it's a great thing for an entry-level Xbox if you don't already have one. 200 bucks puts it in the price range of the Switch. How much is the Switch? 300 actually. So that puts it um that puts it uh cheaper than the Switch at this point. Um and you can find an although you can probably find an Xbox One S on sale for like 250 $300 anyway. So uh also what you said, no more Blu-ray drive, no more 4K playing cuz remember the PlayStation 4 even the PS4 Pro does not play 4K movies, but the Xbox One S mm-hmm. the the smallest iteration does. So it's really interesting to take that away. Um I, I personally have a few 4K movies, but m- honestly, most of them are digital, surprisingly, after all the crap I talked about going physical. <laughs> a lot of my <laughs> movies are digital. So the other really great thing about this is that um, Microsoft is really pushing an all-digital platform with the Xbox Game Pass, their subscription service, which has over 100 Xbox games, and it has also become a place where you get... Uh, their first-party titles like Sea of Thieves and um, Crackdown 3 uh, released in the subscription service at the same time that they're released or everywhere else. And getting a brand new game with a service that you already have is already amazing. And the fact that you get it at midnight because it's digital, even better. You don't have to you know, deal with all the hassle of going to the store, picking it up, etc. But I think it's a really great way to push that service because... You can get Xbox Game Pass on trial for a dollar right now. You can mm-hmm. buy a two hundred dollar Xbox One without a disc, without a disc drive, and be able to play over a hundred games instantly, including brand new games, for a dollar for a while. And then you just pay a subscription service, and you have access to all of this. And it it started making me think, like, okay, well, what is the purpose of having a disc drive? because of just because of the package like if they didn't have xbox game pass um then i'd be much less inclined to say something as radical as i did because obviously uh with my internet i want i want a disk drive all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh with the way that i play my xbox this is literally the xbox designed for me if i had better internet because yeah. most of my xbox games are digital anyway but go ahead well i think there are definitely some good pros to this discless Xbox. Um, you know, like you said, it really helps reinforce their Game Pass program. You know, like you're not going to need to get these physical releases. You're not going to need to get these discs and everything like that because you have so many titles just at your fingertips. Um, but one of my cons that I found kind of striking as I was thinking about it more and more was that this also kind of shoots the backwards compatibility capability in the foot because it really kind of boasts that as long as you have the disc from whatever game it is from the past, whether it's something like Left 4 Dead or some of the original Halo games, you know, you could just pop that into your system and it would just treat it like, oh, hey, we recognize that you own this. That's cool. Let's start playing it. You know, now I wonder how it's going to work when you do have the disc already for an older game, you know, maybe you had a 360 and, you know, you just didn't quite make the jump over to the current gen and this is your time that you're interested to do it, but now you can't play your 360 games that way without either purchasing it or maybe some other way to confirm it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really don't see how exactly that would work. You know, (laughs) like how, how would people be able to take full advantage of the backwards compatibility program that Xbox, you know, is really kind of ahead at the of the forefront game of. On. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I actually thank you because I didn't even think about that. Um, <laughs> but I will say, uh, I do believe that if you are interested in that type of backwards compatibility, you probably already have an Xbox and you're probably already taking advantage of it. It would suck. Like, it would really suck if you try to grab this just because you don't have an Xbox and you want to do that and you can't. So that's a really valid point um, to bring up. But I don't know. I just think that most people who would take advantage of that have prob- means they've had an Xbox in the past, which means they probably mm-hmm. didn't wait until five years to jump on the Xbox bandwagon. 
Yeah, I just, um, because I know that I've had a lot of friends right when it was kind of the console wars again, because PlayStation 4 was coming out, Xbox One was coming out. Mm -hmm. I know I had a lot of friends jump ship, and they left from Xbox over to PlayStation. So, you know, I almost kind of think of it maybe that way, where someone did decide to get PlayStation right out the gate and then just haven't come back over yet, you know, kind of like waiting or whatever. But, you know, definitely, I realize it's not like the key point of why someone would want this discless Xbox. No, but I think it's a great great thing to bring up because I never thought about it. Yeah. You know, and it was just because it was one of those things. I didn't necessarily buy an Xbox One with the thought of, oh, cool, I'm still going to be able to play my 360 games. Like, I... I still have my 360 just because I haven't, you know, gotten around to selling it and stuff like that. But, um, and I do have some games that aren't backwards compatible yet. We'll see in the future what happens. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was so awesome when they really started to announce how kick-ass this backwards compatibility program was going to be and how many titles were going to be up for it. Um, you know, there were titles that I didn't even really think about playing again that now I could go back and play again. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, sure. I don't have to hook up my old system to do it. I can just plug it into my current one. So why not? And sat down and played some old games that I hadn't visited in a while. Um, you know, so it does take that away, kind of out of the realm of possibility. You know, and then the other thing too, just like we were talking about with the last podcast, is that what happens when physical collector's editions come out? Are they going to start including a code for you to enter? Because you're going to get this disc and not really have a purpose for it. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing when you want to go to the store and pick up a game. Um, or, you know, someone buys you or like kids whose parents take them to GameStop for their discless Xbox One X, S. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> like, um, What are retailers going to do? This is like literally mm-hmm. a nightmare for GameStop. Uh, I mean, they do sell the, the little cards which have the the codes on them so I guess you could always just pick that up and and uh put it on but I I don't know I now thinking about this it's it's actually pretty weird because we have the Xbox One we have the Xbox One S and we have the Xbox One X and I think a lot of people if you didn't get the original Xbox One because of the console wars when they came out with the S and it was cheaper and it was 4k and it had everything that the regular one did but but essentially smaller and better um and cheaper you would have grabbed that and if you're going for that mm-hmm. um if you're going for that i am the ultimate gamer i need the ultimate gaming machine right now then you're grabbing the xbox one x um so it puts this console if it's true in a very weird position mm-hmm. <laughs> um but i mean if it's gonna sell i am i'm 100 percent for it because more people playing sea of thieves with me on xbox game pass is always a plus not yeah. that i'm playing right now because i'm not but <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, <laughs> but I do, because that's really where I think my concern comes in. Because even though, you know, like I said, at first I was really kind of reserved about it, you know, why are we having another Xbox come out that's not boasting something just like out of this world? You know, I mean, discless is cool, don't get me wrong. But, you know, I mean, it's not like a now we're running in 8K and it's actually in 4D. It's going to fill your entire living room. Rah. Like, <laughs> Um, I just, it, I feel like it's gonna kind of apply to a very kind of like niche audience. Um, it's not going to be for everyone. It's not going to be for the people like me and you who have Xboxes already. It's not necessarily going to be for someone who's maybe looking for some of the other features as well. But if it is your first kind of introduction into the world of Xbox or, you know, you can either have the capability to be completely digital, um, you know, or you want to eventually go there. Because, I mean, that's really kind of a cool idea for if we start to go towards a future that is discless or at least an option, you know, that's a lot less copies that they have to make of games. It's a lot less kind of plastic and garbage and everything that you end up with if you do decide to get rid of your game. Um, But then you're also kind of looking at the flip side of it way further down the line of like stores like GameStop, you know, what happens if they stop selling these discs? And I know that that's like way future talk if this, you know, takes off or if it does uh, change anything or impact anything major. But even right now, it's, 
I almost feel like the timing's a little bit off. Like if this was maybe a little bit further into the future, I could maybe see it. Um, or if this released at like the same time as maybe the one S, you know, then you have another kind of competitor for that digital market for the people who are just really using game pass for the people who just want to download and play digitally. I feel like at this moment, it's a little weird where you are honestly just targeting the people who don't have an Xbox already to kind of be like, Hey, cheap, awesome subscription service. You should try it out. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of who it's applying to. You know, it might be that um, looking at Sony and Nintendo continually selling their game consoles like freaking hotcakes, this might be that yeah. last push to get those Xbox numbers up before the next generation. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, it's also, so yeah, the, speaking of release dates, the pre-orders are supposedly, if this is true, they're expected to be available um, in April with the console um, being in stores in May, which E3 is in June. So it'll be like, hey, this is our last push to get some Xbox One stuff out there before we show off what's coming up in uh, in the future for Microsoft and Xbox. So it is, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a weird time. And also... Um, Xbox has that that uh, service, which I can't think of the name of right now, which allows you to play uh, everything everywhere. So you buy a game on oh, your... Oh, yeah. I don't know if it is just called... Because I know cross-play is usually when they're talking about between different types of consoles. But yeah, I know that like play anywhere. You can play it on your yes. PC. You can play it on your Xbox. I just can't remember the official name of it. But I know what you're talking about. And that is also a big push towards the all digital thing, because if you've already got these games on, you know, PC, then it'll be easy to just go ahead and download them on this Xbox, which I, I don't know how people are doing it, but I, it just seems like an easy uh, transition. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess it does make sense. I don't know if the timing makes sense. I don't know if the audience is there. I'm still wondering if this is just a, hey, so this is coming up. Let's see how this sells. Let's see how people deal with a all-digital uh, console. I'm also just like, you know, I always just think parents are clueless sometimes when it comes to gaming. And, <laughs> True. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be, I don't know what it's going to actually be called. I don't know if the naming is going to confuse people. I don't know if um, parents are going to buy this and then kids are going to be like, but, you know, now what am I supposed to do because I can't just go in and pick up a game like someone has to literally have a credit card on hand to purchase video games for me now or I have to mm -hmm. go in and buy codes so it'll be I, I don't I it's so weird because I, I sort of believe that yes this is this is starting to be catered towards the kids um and those who don't have xbox but then those kids are going to kind of get screwed over in situations where you know someone buys them a disc-based game for Christmas and they can't use it <laughs> because yeah. they don't know. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. Let's see where it goes. But speaking of, um, the release date and it coming out before E3, let's talk about Microsoft and E3 and, uh, what we think is coming up. So I know last year at E3, they discussed a lot of the studios that they purchased. Um, mm -hmm. and we also know that Sony is not going to be at E3 this year as well as EA. Um, yeah. So I want to ask what you think Xbox is going to do, what you think they can do, and what you think they should do, and what you'd like to see at E3 coming up. So I think interesting is kind of the word of the day on this podcast. <laughs> I, you know, I think E3 is going to kind of maybe be a weird but maybe surprisingly good experience because we have Sony not there, we have EA not there. So it is going to be a little bit interesting. Um, but I think that that does really leave room for Xbox to shine um, along with Nintendo. You know, I mean, it really clears up a lot of room and a lot of space for them to play with, I think. But I think really what it comes down to is that Xbox is going to have to show kind of like the fruits of their labor with all of these bot studios and all the games that they're supposed to be working on. Um, you know, they talked about hearing us say that we want more exclusive games. And I think that we are going to get to that point where hopefully we're seeing more trailers for them. We're getting more information because really, I feel like last E3 was this like sort of kind of vague promise that we're working on things and they're going to be amazing. And so now I feel like, okay, this is the year where we need to see those amazing things. We need to feel like 
really amped up about Xbox, especially if all the rumors of, you know, the current gen dying out soon and the new gen coming within like a couple of years, like it's going to have to go out with a bang. And uh, E3 is the place to do it, especially Mm -hmm. with your biggest competition, because, you know, obviously Nintendo does their own thing, especially with your biggest competition (laughs) not being there. I mean, this is a time to, like you said, go out with a bang. And um, those studios that they purchased, uh, some of them had me really excited, uh, which included... Undead Labs, which is State of Decay, which is one a game that I personally really liked. Playground Games, mm-hmm. which had Forza Horizon. Ninja Theory, which gave us Hellblade, Tenuous Sacrifice. Compulsion Games, which gave us We Happy Few. And a new studio from the creator of uh, the Tomb Raider reboot, which another one of my top favorite uh, games of all time, actually. And... <laughs> So I know that we got those promises, and I was super excited at the time for those promises. But then we got games like Crackdown 3, which have been, I haven't personally played, but has been reviewed just really, really badly um, Mm -hmm. and placed up on Xbox Game Pass. Um, I really enjoyed Sea of Thieves, but a lot of people had problems with Sea of Thieves. A lot of people still had problems with State of Decay 2. I heard some not-so-great things about We Happy Few. So, um... All these Xbox One exclusives that we're getting are not of the same caliber as um, God of War or Spider-Man or Persona 5, which I know is really old, but still one of my favorite games. Like, we're not getting <laughs> we're not getting that type of quality from Xbox. Um, so I guess we still have to wait to see what these studios are going to provide. And I just really hope that with the purchase of these studios that we're going to get the, those high quality video games um and they don't even have to be exclusive like but bring something that makes me want to buy this discless xbox like let me per oh and that was another thing memory storage on this discless thing like if it has absolutely no ability to play discs it better have like enough storage room for playing a bunch of video games that mm-hmm. are downloaded because that's been a problem. I finally ran out of room on my Switch, mm-hmm. which, like, whatever, that's another topic. But I finally ran out of room on my Switch. I'm already de- deleting stuff on my uh, PS4 Pro. Um, and I-, I can't even imagine, like, I- I'm not a person who's going to go out and buy a- an external hard drive and copy stuff over. Like, I don't purchase game consoles to do that. I'm just going to mm-hmm. delete stuff that I already have. Because um, to me, that's like, oh, I might as well just get a computer and do the same thing. It's, it's I know, it's just a me thing. Um, but I personally don't, <laughs> I, I don't want to have to go the extra mile to get that done. I think that that should be one of the things that we definitely find out about soon. And I realize we're going to, if the rumors are true, and we're talking about, you know, hearing more about it in April, having it release in May, um, you know, that e- E3 is probably not going to be where we hear it if those rumors come to be true. But I think that definitely, like, you've got to start out with a base, like, one terabyte at the least. At the least, exactly. Yeah, because, I mean, again, I know that it's a little hard to compare since we are just talking about, like, a theoretical console. But, yeah, I mean, I'm having problems with my storage on my Switch. I'm having problems with storage on my PlayStation. I just had to... It was just, I think, for an update. I think it was, like, for an Overwatch update... I had to go in and delete two games. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of an issue, especially if you're talking about moving towards a more or all digital future. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think companies really need to start cracking down on how to get either more space, but definitely more affordable space. Mm -hmm. So if you can bring me a discless console Two hundred dollars that has at least a one terabyte hard drive on it already, with the capability to add on later. You know, yes. probably not necessarily this one. Just if we are talking about, you know, the next gen console coming out within a couple of years or you know whatever, um, it may not be as big of an issue. But that would be so kick-ass to just be like no I have my console I don't have to worry about getting an external drive even if it is kind of like a wow I fell in love with my discless xbox I want to upgrade to the next gen you know at least get me to that point of okay we're at the upgrading point to where it'll feel a little bit better like I never hit my storage cap that's awesome hello thank you yes (laughs) and we also have to take into account the fact that um 
these consoles come with apps already downloaded onto them that are integral to the performance of them. So if mm-hmm. you're going to, and, and those have to be updated and those updates are going to take some of my memory away as well. Like that has to be held into account. Also, I, I have a 500 gigabyte Xbox one S, well, S excuse me. And they come in what 500 gigabytes and I think one terabyte uh, option. Yeah. Um, and I mean, luckily for me, I'm, a lot of my stuff is just on the PS4 Pro just because I have a better time and it looks better, blah, blah, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> if I'm going for an, an a discless console, I don't want to have to even... I don't think 500 should be an option. Like you said, it should start at one terabyte. And I don't want to have to think about what happens when I download four or five games immediately as soon as I get it. I don't want to think, oh no, I'm already stuck. Like that, what's the point of this? I would rather just go back mm-hmm. to um, giving me discs and saving some some storage room. So yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, and you know, again, I, I really do hope that that's kind of just the future of gaming in general. You know, I think we're kind of at this point where it's like, all right, it's cool that there's external hard drive capabilities now. Um, like I'm totally down. I love some of the hard drives that I've had and everything, but I don't feel like it should be a a necessity. You know, I realize that, yeah, there's going to be things that change over time. Technology changes fast. So by the time that you're releasing a console, there's already improvements in the works. So I do understand that, but I think that going forward, I mean, storage is going to be one of the biggest commodities when it comes to consoles, especially if companies like Microsoft are are pushing for a completely digital, diskless future. You know, because that's one of the plus sides of getting physical copies of things is that you aren't dedicating however many, like 60 gigabytes, maybe 70 gigabytes to a single game. You know, you want that cut down and... Sometimes it is by, okay, well, I guess I'll get the physical of this, even if I would have preferred the digital, just because I don't want to have to kind of comprehend what I might have to delete, how many games that means I can still store on my hard drive. Does that mean I have to to a new one and then transfer everything over? You know, I realize that it's kind of like a very first world problem (laughs) issue to like, oh, no, I have to transfer over my memory. But, you know, I mean, when, you, when you've when gone and spent so much money on a console and with gaming, I mean, you're constantly spending money on the games that come out. You don't really want to think about the additional hardware costs that you're going to have to put in eventually. Yep. You know, because the cool thing about, you know, when you get a console, it comes with a controller, it comes with a headset. And I'm pretty sure most people eventually, if they're really into gaming, replace that. Yeah. But you don't need to. You know, you can get by with just using that or not using the headset at all. Um, You know, I feel like the one thing that constantly people feel they need to upgrade is their storage, whether it's a new internal hard drive, whether it's an external hard drive, you know, everything else feels cosmetic. If you want to get plates, if you want to get skins or decals, if you want to get a new controller, like that's totally on you. But, you know, like... I don't feel like storage should continually be this issue. And the diskless one is really going to have to come through with that because sure, you're going to save money on the initial console, but that doesn't mean that you're going to save money on the initial cost or on the additional costs afterwards. If you have to upgrade, if you're downloading all of these things in their full true file size and not something that's been reduced because, Hey, you're playing it off the disc. So no big deal. Yep. And then, I mean, it's, it, okay, so a, a quick example on top of that, which is, this is not about Xbox, but the internal storage for the Switch is 32 gigabytes, right? I Super think Smash so. Bros. Ultimate is literally almost 14. It is almost mm-hmm. half of what the entire internal storage of the Switch is. Like, mm-hmm. what? I am forced now because I purchased that game digitally to either archive it, which you don't want to archive a fighting game because you never know when your friends are going to come over and want to play. You never know when someone's going to be like, hey, let's pop in a match for for, uh, Mm -hmm. Ultimate. Like, you want to have that game on the ready. I completely regret buying it digitally because of that. Um, And I'm looking at my PlayStation right now, you know, I have uh, one terabyte of storage. I have 
almost 700 of that uh, one terabyte, uh, 700 gigabytes is just applications. And this is with a bunch of games that are not even downloaded. Like I purchased Resident Evil 2 as a disc and it took up 25 gigabytes by itself. Um, Overwatch, mm-hmm. is, Overwatch is 25 by itself. Kingdom Hearts, oh my God. Kingdom Hearts 3 is literally 40 gigabytes. And that is all also, by the way, a disc-based game. Apex Legends is 20. Like these are, th- this, this fills up so quickly. Dead by Daylight is mm-hmm. 30. And then, you know, that's not including HBO Go or Crunchyroll or YouTube or... Um, well, in a lot of games uh, situations, too, it's not including DLC that comes out exactly. later on in the future. That is going to continue to add, not even with updates, just content, you know, not even taking into account that, of course, companies are going to have to, like, fix bugs on occasion, you know, like, have these updates for the health and security of their game you know, if you're just talking about game and maybe DLC, like you do, you really start to run out of storage quickly. Grand Theft Auto Five and Call of Duty Black Ops 4 are both almost 80, 80 gigabytes themselves. And I have both of those on disc. I cannot imagine how much it would take if I bought them digitally. That's almost 100 mm-hmm. gigabytes for a single game per game. That's almost 200 gigabytes for just two games. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got about five gigabytes in my capture gallery, which I don't take that many pictures. But if you're utilizing this, which is a part of both the PlayStation and the Xbox, like this literally built into the controller to be able to capture our play. <laughs> I mean... I wish I thought it was going to be a bigger feature than it is. Um, I don't think it's as big as both those companies assume that it would be. Um, But of course, that's just based on me and who I play with and, you know, what I see. But even that you built an integral part of what you thought was going to be the system is being able to take pictures, videos, and share them quickly and easily. You built that into your system. We need storage for that. Um, save data. Mm. If, if your save data is not in the cloud based on, you know, your, your service um, that you're paying for with whatever console you're playing, that's also on there. Themes are on there. You know, you want to make it pretty. You want to have something nice. Like, all of this stuff is just on internal storage, and these games are getting bigger and, you know, luckily better. But, like, yeah. <laughs> what? Who is going to be able to afford a gaming console? Everything that comes along with it, everything you just said, and then an external hard drive. Like, I feel like if I just purchase a PS4 Pro for one terabyte, it's. Uh, uh, give me two, give me five, give me something. Like, I shouldn't have to go out <laughs> and buy a, an additional $100 of storage if I just spent $400 on a console. That just doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. Um, but uh, back to Xbox, um, they, you know, we did hear there was an interview um, where they talked about how they're going to go really big for E3 this year. Um, and so I'm really hoping that we finally, I want them to do, and let me preface this by saying that I think they did a really, they had a really good uh, presentation last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it was it was a, a really uh, I think they did a great job. It was pretty up there um, as far as press conferences go. Um, but without Sony being there, that takes the big three down to two. And like I said, Nintendo mm-hmm. kind of does their own thing. Um, and we know EA is not going to be there. So this is like I I really just hope that it's going to be it's going to be. I hope that they can fill the shoes of E three with Sony missing. Mm-hmm. Because uh, PlayStation, the PlayStation press conference is one that I always look forward to. Um, because the games, the entertainment, everything. It, last year was kind of eh for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but even still, like even though it's eh, watching that gameplay for um, The Last of Us Two, as well as um, oh my god, what was that other game? <laughs> oh my god. Are you talking about the like samurai one yes. that I don't know anything about? <laughs> yes, that one. Yes, like yes, that just even just watching those games was just like wow. Like I was wowed mm-hmm. by them. Uh, Xbox didn't do that for me. But they did promise me a future of gaming that I'm looking forward to. Um, so now, I think, right now, what they have to do if they want to win people over is show us that what we've waited for all year is either coming or already here. Because we can't wait another yeah. year, especially with consoles on the horizon. And I think it'll be the most disappointing uh, console era for Microsoft if they just go out with... Um, if they come in and they're like, all right, here's a new thing we're working on. Here's all the stuff we have coming up. But they never really fixed 
what was wrong with the Xbox One era. As in, we never got the games that we were promised or we were looking for. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I, and you know, I, I'm talking mad shit. But at the same time, a lot of these <laughs> games are cross-platform, and it's really not that big of a deal. Um, so I really do just think that they all they have to do is show us games that we want to play. And now they can show us all the games that Sony's not showing us because Sony's not there. <laughs> so like, yeah. just steal all the games, show us everything, show us why we have an Xbox, show me why I bought. I literally purchased um, the day one Sunset Overdrive Xbox when it first came out. Sunset Overdrive mm-hmm. was my favorite game on Xbox. I have not played another Xbox exclusive that was, like, as fun as that. Aside from Cuphead. Cuphead was fun. But, like, nothing <laughs> nothing has brought me back to playing my Xbox when I can just play my PS4. And uh, Microsoft and Xbox have the very unique opportunity right now to just be like, look, bitches, y'all want games? We got them. And I want to be like, take my money. I want all the games. You have all the games. Like, yes, like, let's do it. So I'm really just, I'm rooting for Xbox. I'm rooting yeah. for Xbox. Um, is there anything that you'd like to see from them? Um, well, I definitely think that now that crossplay has become a little bit more, um, I guess that it's applying to more and more games. I don't know of a very articulate way to say that (laughs) just that other than it is starting to be put to good use um you know i think it'll be really awesome to find out more information what games in the future are going to be doing that is this something that nintendo and xbox are going to be continually doing um you know i know that for me it kind of opened up a whole world of possibilities um so i'm i'm really excited about it i feel like it's working well on the games that i have tried it on um i I do agree that I feel like they need to do something big before this generation of consoles is gone. Um, You know, like you said, it would be pretty disappointing to kind of like go out with a whimper, Um, you know, because I mean, I feel like the last conference was, hey, we've got a lot of big moves in play and just wait for it. I feel like the conference before that kind of fell short because of the lack of exclusives um you know and i think that ea not being there especially because they make titles for both you know well not both for all consoles basically (laughs) um but you know just specifically in terms of sony versus xbox um you know they they do a lot of games that end up either at both sometimes they'll have exclusives but really they do cater to all markets. Um, So I think that being able to maybe highlight EA games that are coming to Xbox and maybe being able to offer things to Xbox users that PlayStation users couldn't have, you know, if we're talking about exclusives or early access, you know, none of those things that I'm like super like, oh my gosh, (laughs) that's the reason I'm buying it on this console. You know, a lot of that comes down to who am I going to play it with? Am I going to play it more alone? Um, What system would I enjoy playing it on most? Um, But I... I think that it does really kind of open up an interesting opportunity because EA is not going to have their own uh, conference in order to show off these different games that are coming. So Xbox can kind of swoop in and make some deals and, you know, hey, if you come over here for a little bit, like, yeah, I know you're going to release to Sony eventually, but let's talk about us right now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I think that seeing some of that is going to be really good. You know, it's going to make for a strong showing from them. Um, on top of, I know that we've got a lot of big promises on the horizon. I, it's going to be interesting to see what goes down with Halo. Um, I have a very checkered past with Halo. (laughs) Um, you know, so I, I am kind of interested to see what this new, hopefully trailer, I don't think that you can just talk about it at this point. I think we do need to see a little bit of progress on it. Yeah. Um, but also they can't be in a position that, uh, that Sony's in with, um, their exclusive right now when they show us the big four and then they have nothing else. We can't be, um, cause this yeah. is two, this is, and that was my problem. This is the second year of the same games that have yet to come out. So we can't be doing that, but yeah, I agree. Sorry for cutting you off. Yeah. Cause I know that like, of course 
I, I'd much rather them not rush production on certain things, especially when you're talking about, I mean, Halo's their fucking bread and butter. Like, let's be honest, you know? I mean, so many people got an Xbox because of Halo. So I feel like even if that one's not close, you know, kind of like with The Last of Us, even though last year it wasn't like, oh yeah, it's going to be releasing soon, guys. You know, they still had to really show that, no, this game is going to be amazing. And I feel like it does put them for their exclusives that are further out. They have to do the same thing. They do have to show like, look, guys, we don't have it yet. It might not be this year, but it's going to be it's going to fucking blow your mind away when you actually sit down to finally play this. Yep. But they're going to have to have a mix of what's happening this year and not just talking about, you know, the discless console that maybe not even half of people who love Xbox are going to be interested in, you know, cause we either already have it or we're not planning on going full digital yet. So it does, I think it puts its own mix of weights on Xbox being alone and all these other things that they kind of have to live up to because of past performances and past conferences. But it does also open a lot of doors, I think to them, you know, you, you can take up more time probably when you've got a little bit of leeway like that. Um, You know, I realize that it's more like a lot of different logistical things, but you know, you're going to have such a presence. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, I mean, if they want to take up, you know, two spaces, not that this is a great idea. And like you said, logistical issues, but like, if they wanted to, I mean, you guys have the opportunity. You have all the cards in your hands. You can literally go to EA and get almost any big game coming up that you want in your press conference. No, I mean, how much of a negotiation can there be? Because EA wants their game shown off. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not going to be hard <laughs> to be like, hey, EA, we're going to have the biggest press conference ever. Give us your best shit. And they're going to be like, hell yeah, take it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And even though I know that this is more retrospective because Kingdom Hearts 3 has already come out, but if, I mean, just picture like if last year PlayStation decided to sit out, you know, and we didn't hear anything. I know that they didn't show KH, um, but if it was something like that where it is going to be for both, but you instead take it over to a place like Microsoft, you know, which didn't have KH originally on it, but now it does. I mean, that would have been one of those show-stopping moments of, holy shit, we're going to get the, you know, the brand new trailer that everyone's been waiting for and we were expecting to see from Sony, but Sony's not here. So it does, it kind of makes it so that you can see that stuff. Yes, that was one of the good things that they did last year because they they did have that Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer uh, before mm-hmm. Sony. And so we got to see that. Um, the, our first look at that was at Microsoft. And they had a bunch of JRPGs and RPGs that um, I r- literally remember thinking, wow, these are all games I'm going to play on my PlayStation, but it's so good to see them. And um, <laughs> yeah. now without that competition, I mean, they can only go. You have to. Oh, it's going to be hard to mess this up. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. it's going to be easy to mess it up, but it's also going to be hard to mess it up. Yeah, it's like, if they, as long as they kind of show everything that I think everyone's been waiting for, which they've been teasing for a long time, um, you know, I think it is going to be pretty easy for them. I think the only kind of issue they'll run into is if, like, oh, crap, we don't have any exclusives again to show, uh, so, you know, stick around. We got this new console, though. That's cool, right, guys? <laughs> you know, that's when it can kind of be... Like, oh, no, Microsoft, why did you just put all your hopes on this? I don't understand. (laughs) You know, so, I mean, it is. It's going to provide its own unique challenges, Microsoft being kind of alone. You know, I always feel like comparing Sony and Microsoft to Nintendo is like apples and oranges. um, Because, you know, like we've kind of said all throughout, Nintendo does their own thing. So I don't feel like there's going to be a direct competition, especially because they have been partners on this whole cross-play initiative. Exactly. Like, what happens now? (laughs) Yeah, like, I feel like you don't really, you don't have your competitor there. They're not like hovering around the stage because they're going to come up next or, you know, they're not clearing it off as you're getting ready to go on. And I know it's not exactly like that, but, you know, the, the mentality of it mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes because you have all, you know, this hype 
gamers have built up this hype between PlayStation and Xbox and this war and everything that I feel like it's dying down a little bit and people have chose their sides and are just kind of like, it feels like a little bit more chill about it. I know not everyone is, but, um, you know, you still, yeah, uh, go ahead. My take on that is that uh, console wars, I know everybody thinks they're stupid, but they're actually pretty good for uh, us as gamers because mm-hmm. um, we got PlayStation being like, yeah, Xbox fucked up. Everybody come buy our console. And you know what? Everyone went and bought their console and it worked. Mm-hmm. And then Xbox came back and we're like, hey, we fucked up, but we're going to fix this. And then they gave us backwards compatibility with the ability to put our disc in and play whatever we want. And then PlayStation was like, oh, yeah, well, we got PlayStation now. So now you can stream and download all these things. And that type of competition is so healthy for us as gamers. And then we get the, the... reiterations of these consoles uh, the console midfreshes which um t- let us take advantage of the uh technology that's coming up and we have three different iterations of the xbox the regular one the s which is like the the cheaper one the entry level version which also has 4k and then we also get the x which is the most powerful console in the world right now um and then sony like they're giving us um nothing because they didn't give us anything after the X was announced <laughs> but the pro I mean the pro is uh, pretty up there too so console wars are I kind of miss them bring them back and and they're they're a, they're coming back a little bit with the um Xbox and Nintendo pairing up for crossplay and um PlayStation you know kind of being off on the corner we did get a little bit of something there which un- it's another great example um, Xbox and Nintendo make this commercial with uh, uh, Minecraft, and then Twitter goes ablaze with like mm-hmm. <laughs> them both being like, "Where's Sony? You can't play with them, but come play with us." And then now we finally get some crossplay for Rocket League. I think Fortnite coming up, and you know that kind of pushed them into that too. So console wars are pretty good. Bring them back. Give me more stuff. Bring down the console prices. <laughs> like fight each other. Go on stage and murk one another so that I can have discounts and get great games. And uh, I mean. Even exclusives, you can't deny the exclusivity um, superiority of PlayStation. Like, mm-hmm. and Xbox is trying their best, I guess. Uh, which, yeah, they they've now acquired studios that are going to give us hopefully really great first party titles. Like, we we get things like Cuphead now, um, which I know is old, but then we have all these all these um, studio acquisitions, which I'm just going to go ahead and say it could be wrong. I'm going to go ahead and say this is a direct result of the success of the single player titles on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Where you have, at first you have Microsoft saying, you know, people aren't really that into um, single player games anymore. And that turns into, hey, we've required five studios to fix our issue because we see we fucked up. So yeah, bring back the console wars. But I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't, no, and I didn't necessarily mean it like that. Just, um, you know, I feel like more or less, I think people have picked their side. But I mean, there's always that competition because Sony and Microsoft, they are direct competition of each other. So I do feel like changes like that are always going to be imminent, you know, because Sony's going to announce something and then Microsoft is going to respond and then up the ante on top of it. You know, so I feel like this is kind of the year where maybe they could because they can boast about crossplay. They can boast about backwards compatibility. They can boast about this, you know, embracing this digital future and what that could mean. And honestly, the most touching thing that I've seen all year from Xbox, you know, I I will be totally honest and say that there haven't been that many games that have just like, oh man, I wish I was playing my Xbox more because I totally download that. But seeing the adaptable controller that anyone can use like the first time I saw the commercial for it I cried you know I was just like it's so awesome how inclusive Microsoft has been you know if you're talking from their avatar system all the way up through new hardware you know and I'm interested to see what's going to happen in the future and I mean especially if you're talking about um it's Ninja Theory correct that made um Hellblade Uh, Setsuna's Sacrifice that was it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yes, it was Ninja Theory. Yes, it was Ninja Theory. Yes. Okay. I was like, I think I'm remembering it right. Um, you know, and so you acquired this gaming studio that has really had a lot of potency in talking about mental health. So I think that even if you kind of shape the conversation in that way, 
you know, not to say that Sony hasn't done amazing things and they haven't been inclusive, but I feel like Microsoft, again, is at the forefront. There's so many things that Microsoft plans for and goes for, you know, talking about the future and going forward. You know, I do think that they have really strong initiatives in play, but where it's kind of fallen off is even though, like, I'm super excited for the things that they're doing and the things that they've done. It's just their games haven't drawn me back over. There are a lot of games that I could play on Xbox that I choose to play on PlayStation because it's not really, to me, it comes down not just to the friends that I play with, but I spend more time on my PlayStation. I do play Persona 5. I do play the story-driven games, and I do play the online games. And that's with me 100% all all along the way saying that I love Xboxes and Microsoft's UI better. I like their party system better. I like their online services better. I felt like I had an easier time navigating everything better. But I still decided to go to PlayStation because I ended up spending the majority of my time there because there were these story games that I could play afternoon, morning, night, you know, depending on either my schedule or my friend's schedules. And I could just swap, you know, oh, I'm playing Persona 5. Hey, do you guys want to jump on Dead by Daylight right now? Dude, cool. Let's do it. Oh, hey, you want to try out this new Apex game? Yeah, for sure. You know, so it's like, I haven't really had a reason to be like, okay, well, guys, I have that on Xbox and I prefer it better that way. So like either (laughs) we could switch over or like, I guess we're not going to play, you know, and I do realize a part of that comes down to crossplay too. If Sony was on board, like, yeah, it'd probably be a bit easier for me to switch over to a game on my Xbox, enjoy my controller a little bit better. You know, I have always liked the Xbox hardware better, but there just hasn't been the content there for me. What? I think that they... <laughs> I'm sorry. PlayStation controller is way better than the Xbox controller. No. But go ahead. Okay. No. It is though, but okay. <laughs> okay. That's a different discussion, but no, my allegiance is to the Xbox controller. I do love my Xbox controller. Oh, I'm holding it but... right now and ill. Like, I don't <laughs> That's know because you've been tainted by Sony for so uh, long. Like... It's true. You're not wrong, though. It's very true. I get, first of all, like, mine is honestly already cooler because I have a, a, a touchpad and a light bar that changes colors in my games, okay? So, I already win. I do like the light bar, not gonna lie, <laughs> but actually holding the controller, like, mm, no, I would take a Microsoft Xbox One controller any day. Oh, Thank you. Thank you for coming to my <laughs> TED Talk. Um, it's been fun. <laughs> but, um, you know, I really do. More than anything, it came down to content for me. And especially when you take into consideration that for your major consoles, you know, I realize Switch is kind of in the game now, but they're not charging as much. But when you're talking about just spending $120 a year on live for both of these, you know, whether you're getting Xbox oh, Live or yeah. PSN, if you're paying 120 for both services, not even games, like it came to a point where I was just like, you know what? It's kind of ridiculous that I'm paying the $60 a year for my Xbox Live and I'm not even going on it that often because there's just not that many games I'm playing on there. The only game I was playing on my Xbox by the and I'm going to switch over to my PlayStation was Smite. And I can play that on anything now. Including <laughs> your Switch. So why would I play it on my Xbox? Yeah. Like, and that is such a no. <laughs> that's such an important point too because um, I I stopped paying for Xbox Live, and uh, mm-hmm. and I continue to play for for PS Plus, but um, it's just because PlayStation has the variety that the Xbox just doesn't. If I'm paying mm-hmm. for Xbox Live, sure I have Game Pass, but most of those games and I think this is a very important thing to to talk about as well. And and I know this is a little bit off topic, but um recently i was having a twitter conversation with a friend felicia and um she asked um about uh single player titles um and I don't remember exactly what the tweet was at the moment, but uh, she was asking about like whether people continue to play uh, single player titles or whatever. And um, I had just and I, I I responded and said, you know, I just had come back from a surgery, and at the time when I came back, my internet was not working, and for me that made my Xbox unplayable because mm-hmm. I can no longer access uh, Game Pass. 
And mm-hmm. uh, that means, like, every game, aside from the few titles that I do have for Xbox, which, by the way, any title that I purchase for Xbox is most likely a multiplayer game because they don't have big story-driven single-player titles. So after my surgery, I was playing Kingdom Hearts 3 and Resident Evil 2, which, yes, are available on the Xbox, but then I went back and started on Nier. I started to play a little bit more of Persona 5 again. Um, I, hadn't, I hadn't done um, uh, 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 Horizon Zero Dawn, which I had available and I can play all of these without having internet the Xbox became a mm-hmm. console where it was just like any game that I'm playing on there I, I like I'm I'm required to have internet access for and I'm required to pay for a service that just doesn't have the variety of video games that PlayStation has and I and I I completely commend Xbox for their ability um, to create such great innovations that allow anyone to play. But I'm just like, it would be awesome if, you know, PlayStation had that because they have the gaming variety. You have Persona 5, Horizon Zero Dawn, all those, like uh, God of War, Spider-Man, literally all the game of the year games were, (laughs) a majority of them were from PlayStation. But um, they don't have that accessibility. Imagine having that accessibility and that um, library to go to to choose from like a playstation would be unstoppable yeah if i could go you know play any of these games uh and that's just i i want xbox to have that type of variety i want to be able to say oh you know what fable 4 is finally you know a thing oh my god i would probably like <laughs> pass out have a heart attack and then immediately be reborn <laughs> if they announced fable 4 you like oh go big like that Give me that mm-hmm. um, and pair that with your accessibility and uh, you've already won because PlayStation has what these four titles and they don't have anything else to show off. Come on. You, you have mm-hmm. success in your hands, Microsoft. Take it. <laughs> Take it and just show me what it means to be in love with a console again. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I do. I feel like, I I feel hopeful every year and like I always want to root for Microsoft because just like I said I do really believe in their hardware they do an amazing job and they do a really good job of multiplayer you know I'm not trying to fault them for that at all but if that really is the only thing that you're logging on your Xbox to do is just play multiplayer I mean hey if that's your cup of tea drink it you know (laughs) like I totally get the appeal of multiplayer games. Most of the games that I do play are multiplayer. But the friends that I play them with are on PlayStation, which I guess, you know, it's more PlayStation's fault that I can't because (laughs) no crossplay. But it's also that I can switch from, you know what, I'm just not feeling online tonight. People are being assholes, man, and I just want to have some fun. Yeah, I'll just like, okay, guess what? Gonna play Detroit, gonna play Persona 5, gonna play Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, gonna go back and grab God of War. All of these different titles that I don't need another person to play with. And especially like you said, I mean, if your internet goes down, especially with this discless player, you know, that's it. Yep. You're done. (laughs) You know, you can't plug a game in, you can't play single player without access to the internet. I'm sure that there will be a way to download titles onto your system. But, you know, if you are relying so heavily on the Game Pass and if you have to log in for it, if you have to be connected and streaming that game to your system, like, you're done. But if your internet's out and you still want to play a game, guess what? Switch and PlayStation, you can play a story game. You don't need any type of internet, you know? So, I mean, it's kind of like... It's their strength, but it's their weakness at the same time. And so if they're able to really just like hone in on story games, hone in on exclusives, you know, it's it's not even that it necessarily has to be an exclusive and a story game, you know, <laughs> but like I, I want that variety. I don't want to just play Smite on it all the time or just play Overwatch or, you know, I mean, it was those were the only things I was playing. I was playing Smite and Overwatch and for a while, like I think one of the Halos, but I really died off of it after Reach. Gonna be honest. Oh no. Like, yeah. You know, so I mean, if you do keep coming back for your multiplayer, like you've got nothing to worry about. Microsoft's gonna be great, you know, and you literally never probably have complaints at the end of E3 conferences and everything. But for the people who are on the fence or the people who are like, yeah, 
sure, I could buy that game on my Xbox, but why when I have it on my PlayStation? You know, I want to be kind of romanced, you know, like persuade me to buy this on my Xbox. Make it so that I honestly feel like absolutely I want this on my Xbox. Make me drop my Sony subscription and get an Xbox subscription. I don't think it'll happen, but (laughs) if you figure it out, like do it, man, because... I miss my Xbox. I will also say that I, I I do believe that, you know, I did have a very unique experience in which my internet was not working. And I do, I am 100% aware that for um, most of these titles anyway, you're gonna have to, most people already have the internet connected to their to their console, of course. Like, mm-hmm. we're all going to, I'm, I, when I bring that up, it's not to say that, oh, Sony's better because, you know, um, I don't have to use internet. Because even with the PlayStation, you, you're gonna have to use internet for almost any and everything yeah for so, sure like as a disclaimer yes i totally get that you're already gonna be connected so um even with this discless xbox yes like i understand my my xbox is constantly connected to the internet my playstation is constantly connected to the internet yes i get it but i mean that is a very <laughs> real thing that happens you know your dog runs by knocks over the router and you've got to wait for at&t or comcast or whoever your provider is to replace it in a week what mm-hmm. you gonna do? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Well, and I mean, especially, oh, <laughs> I was kind of thinking too, like, even if you're talking about like rural areas or places that just don't have good internet, right like now, so many of their, <laughs> um, so many of their services and so many of, you know, kind of like what they're promising for this new console and everything like that is like, oh yeah, you can you can totally use the benefit of our streaming service. Okay, but on whose internet? Exactly. <laughs> Not mine. Exactly. You know, so I mean, I I don't really have an issue with my internet, and that's not really what plays into you know my decision making when it comes to digital versus physical. It is, you know, kind of space. It is. Am I getting anything for getting it physical? No, I don't really want it taking up the room, so I'll get it digital. Um, you know, but it, all of it is a very unique situation. I think 2019 is going to be a little bit surprising. Um, we just have a lot of these things that we've either been promised or are getting rumored. And we're talking about being on the cusp of a new console generation and what that kind of means for the end of this console generation. Um, it just, it opens up a lot of interesting doors. It makes me a little bit hesitant about a few certain things, you know, especially like, do I really want to get a discless Xbox this late into the game right now? But <laughs> you do not. <laughs> it does. No, I know. Not me personally. But I realize that other people will, you know, yeah, especially true. if there are amazing titles announced at E3. More than anything, I kind of see like the discless Xbox maybe having a slow launch month you know maybe not selling as many right away but if they have a kick-ass e3 performance oh, yeah and they have and so the many bank. titles announced yep. you know and so many things that you can take advantage of with this new technology if they show off its capabilities if they show that it's a powerful machine and you're spending less and it has this amazing storage and you know you have everything you need to go already preloaded you don't have to do anything that will literally make like, me go buy one like not even yeah, like, I, I will buy another Xbox <laughs> yeah i think it will be kind of like an explosion of oh my god Xbox and especially because then you're not bookend by Sony coming on and being like, oh, yeah, well, that's cool and all, but, hey, Last of Us 2. Yes, <laughs> you exactly. know, and then everyone would be like, ah! <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, it, I feel like this could be a very, 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 very good year for Microsoft. I feel like they can really kind of take us by surprise. You know, I feel like even just the talks of a discless console, just because it, you know, other than I realize some people are going to listen and be like, haha, but cartridges, so you didn't need a disc then. Like, okay, that's not what I'm talking about, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like, I, it's one of the few times that other than PCs, you know, you've, you've always kind of needed something, whether it was a cartridge or a disc or, you know, plugging in a USB drive or, you know, however the hell you play your games. Like, other than PC, I don't think any other console's been able to boast about 
being strictly digital and because of it, being able to cut your cost, you know, yeah. that's huge. That is very So, huge. you know, and then even if you are talking about like, oh, well, I don't want all this waste and everything like that, then cool. You're already ahead of the game. You're paying less, you know, for things that you you know, don't really need. You don't need physical editions if you don't want them. You don't need collector's editions if you don't want them, you know? So I think that it does open up a lot of opportunity and a lot of interesting things to come. But I think a lot of it is going to ride more so on E3, more than this console coming out, because if it does come out in May, it's really going to probably have to piggyback off of E3. But I will say, um, to end this conversation, which I wish we could talk all day, <laughs> because I love I you. Know. I love talking to you. Um, but uh, I am just so excited. You know, at first I was like, oh, E3, it just seems like everyone's pulling out. I don't know how I feel. But with the possibilities of Xbox and the promise of having a big show and going all out, I am going to miss PlayStation, you know, starting with their theme and their music and all that stuff, because Xbox doesn't do that. I love that they, like, uh, PlayStation <laughs> makes a performance of everything. But I am so hyped to hop back into the Xbox game. Like, I'm ready uh, to to continue to play it. And I am just so excited for what we could see. And, you know, we're, we're going to get information on new consoles, brand new consoles. I mean, it's always exciting. Uh, it's like a video game Christmas when we hear about uh, what's coming up next. Um, so we're mm-hmm. going to get that, of course. Um, we might get information on this rumored console. And like you said, if they do such a good job and they give access to all of this brand new stuff that they're promising at the low price of 200 bucks, cheaper than the switch i mean you guys have already won e3 we're giving you the formula microsoft <laughs> take it and yeah, run. yeah. <laughs> um so I'm, I'm just very very excited and looking forward to what they what they come to um give us i just really hope that because since they've been talking about how big it is i really hope that it doesn't um bite them in the butt um the overhyping uh of uh mm-hmm. of their console so I'm, um, but I'm so ready. Xbox people, rally, rally to me. <laughs> Let's Xbox it up. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Did you have any other um, final thoughts? I don't think so. I'm just kind of waiting to see if this rumor is true. Uh, <laughs> you know, because I mean, once again, just to kind of preface that, all of this discussion has been based on a rumor. <laughs> um, but you know, in in closing, yeah, I think I think that this could be a really, really good show for Xbox. I'm excited by the possibilities. You know, it to me, it does seem kind of crazy that so many people are pulling out of doing an E3 conference. And by so many, I know I'm only talking about two. But when you're talking about people like PlayStation, like that's yeah, huge. That's huge. So and EA, kind of, EA is no yeah. slapdown either. No, I know. They're not like some little, you know, company or whatever. But it's just like when you're talking about your direct competition not being there, like that's your time to shine. That is your moment on the stage. You've got no one around you. If ever there was a time, it is now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like you said, I think part of me is bummed that Sony won't be there just because, you know, I like the conferences. I think that so many of the companies do such a good job, you know, and I'm continually blown away every year at E3, but I feel like Microsoft, like this is their time to steal the show. This is the one where everyone's going to have to be talking about you, you know? So like, let's make this one count. I'm rooting for you. I'm excited. Um, Don't do anything with Cortana ever, but I know that's my personal preference, but you know, like... (laughs) I'll see it as a success if Cortana's not there. I, cough, I cough. still use. I I literally. <laughs> I feel like I'm the only person or one of the last people that still uses their um connect. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh no, she heard me. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but yeah. Um. So thank you for this wonderful Xbox talk. I can't wait for Xbox to draw me back in, and um. Mm-hmm. We will talk more later on. This has been MP Podcast. Signing off, peeps. Bye.